0: About them Irish.
1: I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This
2: is the four horsemen podcast.
0: And that was our recap of the Fiesta Bowl. Anyway, welcome back, Golden Domers. It's been a few months. Uh, I'm joined by Steve and P. Wagon. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast, and we're coming back at you with an off-season edition. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. We finally got around to it. Uh, I know a lot of our fans were asking for it, and I think it's, you know, just life was busy and not much was going on. And we figured, you know what, we'll just do an off-season recap at one point. So here we are. Um, It's great to see you two again uh it's the dynamic chemistry we've got is just something so you know p i'm gonna pass it to you what are you what are you up to these days what are you what's on your mind
2: season four we made it to season four. Four's up uh no just just living my life i uh, quit my collegiate rugby coaching job uh, to commit more time to the podcast so uh, i'm here barring another suspension i am here for the rest of the season <laughs>
0: Steve, how you been these months?
1: Doing great. Um, you know, just living life as a uh, freshly married guy. Me and P, uh, uh, for the new listeners, did get married last year. I actually have my honeymoon, delayed honeymoon, coming up in, uh, in just a couple of weeks here. So excited for that. Um, and uh, other than that, just obsessing about Notre Dame recruiting. Happy to get back in the saddle with the boys. So.
0: Well that's great. Let's get let's dive right into this bad boy. You know, I think first things first, coaching staff. Is that is that on the itinerary? Did I did I remember that right? Uh, yeah. I think chronologically speaking, that was the first thing to speak about. Um, obviously Marcus Freeman's head coach, we've covered that. We don't have to dive too much into that. But in the offseason following um, the bowl season, Marcus Freeman put together his staff. It's his first ever staff. It's one that is I think, highly regarded by most commentators. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on it. So I'll just do a rundown here. I I got it up. So for our our listeners, this could be a good recap. So the first, uh, well, I, I don't know, where should I start? You know, Dylan McCullough, running back coach from Indiana, had some interest from the Giants. He's going to be at Notre Dame this year. A big hire at wide receiver in Chancey Stuckey. That's, uh, he's, he's only been a coach for a year, uh, but the early returns on the recruiting there is fantastic. Uh, Gerard Parker is hired to replace McNulty as the tight ends coach. McNulty, of course, went to be, I believe, an offensive coordinator at Boston College, um, taking uh, George Takis with him. So that's interesting. And, of course, the, on the offense, you know, there's there's only one name worth speaking about, in my opinion. And that is the legendary Harry Heastand is back. Uh, Best offensive life coach in my lifetime, without a question. Um, Very excited about that. And then you flip to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Mike Elston leaves for Michigan. Uh, Poor guy. Uh, Just didn't didn't get that defensive coordinator job, so he's he's back to his alma mater. We replace him with Al Washington. Uh, We'll see how the coaching is, but I know the recruiting returns have been good. Um, and then Al Golden is the, the, was the big last one. He's the defensive coordinator. He was linebackers coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's, I think the biggest one to talk about. Uh, I think that's going to be the riskiest move, but I think they could have pay off a lot of dividends and not because special teamers are people too. And before P wagon kills me, uh, Brian Mason was hired as a special teams coordinator from Cincinnati, obviously great relationship with Marcus Freeman. Um, and that's that, that's the, that's the coaching staff hires for this, for this summer going into this season. What are your guys' thoughts? Is there is there someone in particular that you're really excited for? Because, you know, I gave away mine with Harry. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm curious what you guys have to say.
2: Really, it's it's Brian Mason for me and Al Golden. Th- those are my two. <clears throat> Brian Mason's a dude. I've been reading a lot about what he wants to do. Uh, he brought in arguably the best Ivy League punter ever in John Sott. Uh, <laughs> that's not hyperbole either. The Harvard coach said it. Uh, He brings in Blake group. There's competition all over the special teams and they want to wreak havoc. Uh, And then you have James Laurinaitis as well. I'm just pumped to have him on the staff. You, you don't get better at football by being around non-football guys. And James Laurinaitis is a football guy. Uh, Al Golden had an NFL tenure. Uh, He did great things at Miami. He was at Temple for a while. He coached there. Uh, But it's, it's a solid staff from, top to bottom and you still retain Bayless. Uh, The one thing I really wanted to talk about people defending Elston. We'll get into it later, but if you made one wrong comment about Mike Elston online, people were jumping down your throat. He was, he didn't want to leave. He was a Notre Dame guy through and through like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> he's the reason they blew a 21 point lead in the second half because he couldn't coach a defense out of the paper no, no
1: no we we already did the recap oh, sorry I'm... we did a very so, comprehensive well thought out recap to start the show so we it was need... it was the best recap i've heard from he's anyone, ad,
2: he's any. he's at you now no one should defend him so like i love this staff chris o'leary as a safeties coach i know he was a ground assistant before the players love him uh everyone chad belton the director of recruiting, he's getting people pumped to be at Notre Dame. And you don't get the people that we're getting. We'll talk about it without people who love the Irish. So it's a, it's a great staff from top to bottom.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I would just add before I get to you, Steve, because uh, you were speaking of analysts there with James Laurinaitis. Uh, Chris Watt is back. Uh, he was a analyst two seasons ago. He's very close with um, Harry Heastan. So that's that's a big one, too. I think he's going to do a lot, a lot on the recruiting trail and kind of be groomed into that maybe successor role. So that's something to, to also mention. But, yeah, I love this coaching staff. And Steve, I'm I'm very curious to to hear your take on it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and I, I really like, uh, Delan McCullough. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, there's been some pretty decent running backs and a decent running game out of Indiana in the last couple of years. I mean, yeah. talk about having to being forced to do more with less there, right. You know, you, you have less talent, less of a offensive line. Uh, and, and now he's going to be coming in behind this, this staff coached by, you know, Watt and, and high stand or he stand, however it's uh, pronounced. So, um, obviously, uh, that that's exciting. Um, Chansey stocky already has made such an impact just in recruiting. I mean, like we have really stepped our game up and and like from a point of where we were panicking about the wide receiver position just four or five months ago, it's now like, oh, oh shit. Like we, we got, we're cooking, you know, we, we have, we have something working for us right now. And uh, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see over the summer, uh, you know, how much we can develop. Uh, these wide receivers. So that way they're game ready for, for TB12 to be, you know, tossing dimes to them all, all season long. Um, but yeah, you know, so we'll, we'll see how the development shakes out But immediate upgrade uh, at, at recruiting. And I I guess I could say the same for Al, Al Washington on the defensive line. And, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been great. Uh, there, we, you know, the, the talent we've been pulling in has been unbelievable. It's like, it's, it's almost like shocking the fact that, you know, our our front seven, or and especially our our defensive line in the next two to three years, is going to be like three times better than our 2012 national championship playing, <laughs> not winning, but national championship playing uh, teams, so which was obviously Louis Nix, uh, Stefan Tewitt, like those guys. So it, it's like, it's crazy. Um, but obviously, I mean, it, it all comes back to Harry. Um, he's the GOAT. Uh, yeah, the throat goat like i harry like welcome home baby like <laughs> like i, I love you. i will do anything to keep you in perpetuity until you retire you're the man I, anything you desire i'm there for you literally well
0: i you know and i think the offensive line is one where notre dame should never be as bad as they were last year and yes. that really cost notre dame uh a loss if not well, we only lost one game last year, so, um, you know, the offensive line was a mess, but there's a lot of talent on there, and you see that with Joe Walt and uh, and Blake Fisher, just two monsters that are going to be tackles for a long time at Notre Dame. Um, I know we'll get into the recruiting a um, little bit later with respect to 23 and 24, but I do want to say, if Notre Dame does land Jason Moore, it will be without question the best defensive line class Notre Dame has signed and it's in modern recruiting history. Uh, I'd probably put it up. I mean, it's hard to gauge how the legends were as high school players, but, you know, it'd be one of the most impressive classes, I think, of all time for Notre Dame. So something to keep an eye on. And what's crazy is 2024 is close to matching it. So that's, we're talking about Al Washington. Like, his recruiting is uh, outstanding. It's it's astonishing how great that's been. And look, he was a linebackers coach at uh, Ohio State and Michigan. And, you know, Ohio State... You know, they they let him go as part of uh, the new staff coming in. And, you know, you'll see some some comments about him, but he's best suited for the defensive line. That's where he played. That's where he coached at Boston College. And I think that's where he's found his home recruiting, at least. So huge, huge stuff there. Um, I, I'm very excited about the recruiting class. Uh, Gerard Parker's the one I don't really know too much about. I don't think many people do. He's a, a Marcus Freeman special. They knew each other at some point, and he was just trying to get him on the staff, it seemed like. So I'm very excited for that. Um, we'll see how that develops with all the talent we have in the in the tight end group. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's an exciting time. Pete, is there anything you want to kind of follow up with coaching, or are we, uh, are we good to get into our, our esteemed 2022 recruiting class?
2: Uh, I would just be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about real quick the close friend of the program and my personal best friend, Tommy Reese. Uh, that, that's all. He's handsome. He's developing quarterbacks, uh, and he's a great follow on Twitter. So uh, if you don't follow Tommy Reese, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, Tommy's uh, really a cult hero, I think, at this point, and we'll get into some of that in a little bit as well. Um, let's talk recruiting then. Uh, 2022, the class was signed. We'll We'll speak to that. Um, this was a good one. It was a really good class. It didn't finish maybe as strong as we were hoping. Uh, but it's a, it's a top class. Um, I got the numbers up here. I believe it finished sixth in the country per, uh, per on three. Um, let me, I'm just pulling that up now. Yeah. They finished sixth. They had an 82% blue chip ratio rate, which is phenomenal. Uh, anything over 60 is basically how you win a national championship. So I love this class. Uh it's not going to be as good as twenty-three, which is really exciting. And it's still a really good class. It's a it, it was close to fifth. Um so many talented players in this. So Steve, I know that's something you love dear is recruiting, so I'll let you take the reins on this. What are you what are you seeing with 2022?
1: Trenches, man. Trenches, just unbelievable. Um I mean, so, you know, the best defensive lineman in the class uh, for us, uh, Tyson Ford, you know, 6'5", 260. He's out on the edge. Uh, obviously, we're going to have, you know, quite the edge player coming in in 23. So, uh, but we, we, you know, we'll, we'll kind of hold off for now. But even Aiden Gobira, you know, he's just about 6'5", 230 on the other side of the football. Um, it, you know, it, in the, the offensive line, Emil Wagner, you know, out of Ohio to pull him. I guess Ohio State was was quite all set with just letting us take him. Hey, sure, cool. We'll we'll take a six six, you know, two hundred and seventy pound guard uh, who's a, a pretty high rated four star. Uh, thank you. I guess he, he'll um, be a tackle. I, I, yeah, game. I mean, yeah, he he could be a tackle. He could be a guard. He could move um, basically on on the outside of the line. Um, I mean, the linebackers are unbelievable. Jalen Snead, obviously being the five star guy, that's going to be kind of. Uh, that that game breaker. He's out of Hilton Head Island, uh, South Carolina, one of my favorite vacation spots and and golf spots in the entire world. So uh, so Jalen will always have a very special place in my heart, and he's going to be the centerpiece of this defense. But you know Billy Shrouth on the offensive line, uh, you know Joey Tanona, who's going to you know he's a six five, almost three hundred pound guard, but potentially a uh, you know, a tackle. There is well, some. There, I'll, I'll, I'll just. You,
0: yeah. I don't want to cut you off too much, Steve, because I, I think what a good idea might be is if we went by position group by position group and just kind of talked about how we kind of viewed view the class and how we view those players, um, and, and and what that means. So we'll start with the quarterback group. Uh, one quarterback was signed. I'm going to pass this over to P. Wagon, but it was Steve Angeli, a three-star recruit out of New Jersey. Uh, I know, P. You're uh, you have a different take on on Angeli than than some, so I, I I want you to do the propaganda now.
2: Oh, Steve Angeli's a dude. He's a pro style quarterback. He went to the best high school in the state of New Jersey, and it's not like oh, he went to New Jersey public school. He went to friggin'
1: Bergen, Bergen Catholic.
2: Catholic. I was that was cool. Steve and I have talked about that before. Hmm. Bergen Catholic is the equivalent of Dom Bostro, prep out in California, or a Matter D out in California. He's a dude. He's a competitor. He is that guy. He's not going to be a Matt Lavecchio, higher ceiling than that. You saw him in the spring game. He knows how to win games.
0: It was a nice nice win for the blue and gold game. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, Well, of course, you two did, but for the listeners at home, Steve Angeli runs out. He's not a very mobile quarterback, but he rolled out and dove for the pylon at the last second to win the blue and gold game. that's
2: like a
1: set of balls, man. You know who
2: else wasn't a very mobile quarterback but got it done when he had to get it done? Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn, Ian Book, Brady Quinn.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think Ian Book could maybe move a little better than some of
1: those guys.
2: <laughs> uh, facts, but he wasn't touted as uh, you know one of those burnout yeah. quarterbacks.
1: I, I love this kid's size though, six three, two fifteen, and and you yeah, know maybe boy. he maybe he grows another wrench. And, and I mean, if he could be a six four, two hundred twenty pound quarterback, I mean, he's a very high three star you know, middling four star, depending on, on where you're going to be getting your ratings from. But, but Stephen Gelly, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be a pretty damn good guy to add some depth and there's reinforcements coming down the line as we just learned with the, you know, the signing or or at least the, the the commitment of, of five-star CJ Carr, which we can cover a little bit more later. And, and as we drink the Michigan tears, um, oh, they're, they're delicious, but It just occurred to me why both of you guys
0: like Steve Angeli so much, and it's because he's Italian from the north, just like you two. That's why you like him so much. I've I've cracked the case. Yeah, (laughs) I mean. no,
2: this kid got offers from Ohio State, Rutgers, Penn State. (laughs) Rutgers. I like how you put them right after Ohio State. (laughs) I'm I'm reading them in order that he got them. Michigan, Nebraska, LSU, Michigan State, Northwestern, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Vanderbilt, Oregon, Pittsburgh. Maryland, Iowa, Syracuse, Arizona, and Stanford.
0: Stanford. it's a good, good school there.
1: Yeah. So if he, Stanford he was
0: better, be we, they'd be a threat.
1: He's a talented kid, you know, so don't yeah. – just because he's at the bottom end of the spectrum in, in regards to uh, our class um, and, and just because he's uh, a, you know, a very high three-star or, or you know developing four-star, Ian Book was a three-star. He was the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. So, like – and we never – we never thought that we would see Ian Book, right? When he signed originally, it was just like, all right, we, you know, we got Brandon Wimbush. We have all these guys, and Ian Book mm-hmm. is just like this guy on the side that, yeah, maybe he plays. Same with uh, with Tommy Reese. When we had Everett Golson, it's like, oh, we got this kid out of South Carolina. He's got a hey, rocket arm. Nate Montana,
0: don't you forget Montana. about the legendary Nate Montana. 17, Seventeen
1: attempts in, in a football game, which we lost. I, I cannot believe that is a thing that happened. But, but the, the point I'm, I'm making. <laughs> Um, the point I'm making is is don't sleep on them, and and uh, I guess we can move on from the running uh, from the quarterback position over to the running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, exactly uh, where
0: I wanted to go with it too, because uh, there is a very special talent there that went mm-hmm. way under the radar, and by watching, or by you know hearing about practicing, by watching some clips, by seeing the blue and gold game, you can see why, mm-hmm. um, and that is out of Texas too. How do we keep pulling these Texas kids? Jadarian Price. Yep. He's going to be wow. incredible. Oh. He's going to be incredible, count. dude. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a great player.
1: Yeah, so he's 5'11, 180 out of Denison, Texas. Uh, he he's got he's got speed, he can lower the shoulder. I mean, he he does all the things that you want to do. He's I mean, Notre Dame is certainly kind of finding their their uh their guys when it comes to the running back position. You know, we they all tend to have a lot in common. Uh, The only, the only person who I think needs to work on basically pass block coverage would be Chris Tyree. But you know, he's, he's a pretty big boy out of, out of Virginia. And and he, he's probably going to be putting on weight this off season and, and and obviously working with coach Harry and coach Delan McCullough, and he's going to be developing himself. But like JD price, like this kid is, uh, he was a a mid four star. There's an argument to be made. He could have been a very high Four star and potentially higher. Like well, I, the COVID,
0: the COVID years really messed. I think with a lot of ratings. Well, the, the rankings are already kind of messed up, as we all know. Anyway, I think they're. Mm-hmm. You know, we use them as a barometer, but still, you know, the COVID had a real impact on that. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to miss the other running back we signed um, after signing day. Very interesting, uh, but Jabran Payne was committed to Indiana under Dylan McCullough. And because McCullough is at Notre Dame, he was allowed to be released from his uh, letter of intent, and he's now at Notre Dame. So I don't know too much about him. Uh, I believe, you know, the the on-three consensus has him as a four-star guy ranked around 334 in the country. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I'm surprised Notre Dame took a second back. Uh, you know, numbers are... I guess a little thin but you know they're talking about taking two in in the next class so that I was a little surprised with that but look you got to give coach McCullough his his freeway there you know he recruited him really likes them you know you you give him that you give him that freedom so what do you what p I, I know you're a little more of a run guy what do you what do you think of taking two running backs in this class after taking two the previous class and taking two in the next class
2: well I'm not a recruit, recruit uh, recruiting expert but um it we had no limitations in uh scholarships, right? It was like world world's or is there fucking we ball type of thing. Uh
0: not for the season, no. Oh, no, okay, we have well, to go back that, under.
2: That my opinion then. Jabrian mm-hmm. he was someone who who had an Alabama offer, who had a Boston College offer, who had an Indiana and a Notre Dame offer. He looking at him and looking at his tape as you guys were talking, he's on, he's gonna be a slot. He's not gonna be a running back. He's almost like a um Interesting Armstrong type of person, but he prefers that one cut and go instead of making people miss. So you could see him get, I would personally say, you know, get him into the slot, do some of those play actions, those rocket motions, those jet motion type of things, and let him cook Mm. because we are losing our, our workhorse there. Braden Lindsay's gone after this year. So you get a fast guy to do the same thing. Braden Lindsay's doing, he may not be as fast, but it's going to be, you know,
0: well, there. speaking of Braden Lindsay, friend of the show, um, I don't know if you guys have been following, but all the word on the street is that Braden Lindsay has had an off season. Like everything I've heard is this Wait, guy's gonna, this guy's gonna have boy. a boy. He's gonna have that's a breakout. Oh I, I okay.
1: yeah, I, I that scared me. I thought you
2: meant. Like, I, I follow him on uh, uh, Instagram, and he's like at wineries and vineyards and stuff. And I thought you meant he had an off season, like a Michael Floyd off season or a Golden.
0: Oh Big no. Oh no, he's yeah. apparently, he's apparently a different beast now. And uh, I, I've always liked him. I always thought he was a good player. Uh, there was just, I think, couldn't get that opportunity right. Or, you know, the, obviously the offense was abysmal <laughs> at certain points <laughs> under Brian Kelly. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that. Let's, let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, um,
1: if- just a quick point. Just a quick point in regards to taking, you know, two backs in, in three consecutive classes. Um in an age where anyone can pretty much transfer with the new rules, take as much talent as you possibly can get as many guys as you can on campus, figure it out. Eventually that's, I well, think that's the strategy that should I, be taken with running backs, with quarterbacks, the whole nine. I agree with you,
0: but I think Notre Dame got into trouble this year. I think they are expecting more transfers because we're over the scholarship and we're right at the, the, the ceiling and we're trying to maybe find a receiver in the portal, but I don't know if we can. So I agree with you, but I guess under Marcus Frieden, nobody wants to leave. So, um, yeah, take your talent when you can get them. Uh, I wish we we were in the position to be refusing talent for wide receiver because if there is one shortcoming of the 2022 class, it's receiver. It's not the person in it. I actually think Tobias Merriweather, who is the wide receiver out of Washington, four-star guy, I think borderline five-star guy, is a menace. You watch his clips. He's like 6'4 and can run. And he mosses people like at these camps. Like they have him against some poor cornerback and he's just dominating people out there. I think Tobias Merriweather is going to play this year. We'll get into our our who we think is gonna make impacts, but the only problem is we lost two receivers late into the class. CJ Williams flips to uh, USC, which sucks because he's a great yeah. receiver. And then Amorian Walker, who I don't know where – like I always respect the athlete and the right to go somewhere. But I don't get why it was hidden this whole time and then he flips on signing day and was telling the Notre Dame staff they were good and then flips to Michigan on, on uh, signing day. But, you know, what? It, it is what it is. Only one receiver – um, Steve, are you concerned because that put a lot of pressure on Chancey Stuckey in the 2023 class, but it looks like we're going to meet those numbers. Are you worried, you know, that this room's kind of thin or are you just stoked to have Merriweather?
1: No, no, we're we're good. Trust me. We're good. We, we, we probably have, we have six bona fide starters. We have seven, you know, seven guys uh, that are going to be in the room that, that can ball, um, you know, so if we have to get down to our sixth and seventh guys because of injury, then I mean that it is what it is, and and maybe at that point you start moving some some tight ends out, you know, or or you just become a little bit more pass heavy. I mean, I run heavy. My my bad, but but I mean, th- we're in. A, if you, I was looking at Tyler Tyler Buckner highlights from last year uh, today because that's what I do when I need to get horny, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many two running back sets, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of like that, you know, that H back tailback, uh, you know, cute. We have so many tight ends. We have so many running backs. so We have a stable back there that we don't necessarily need to have that many wide receivers on the field if we don't want to, you know, and, and obviously I would like to have three, four, uh, wide receiver sets out there as, as often as we can spread the field out. But uh, you know, with Buckner's dynamic run ability and, and, you know, he had several option plays last year that exploded for massive gains. It's like uh, the way that the roster is at at the very least for this year of, of 22, as we head into the season. Yeah. Would have been nice to have one more commit like CJ from, the, you know, from, from California that obviously, you know, very talented cat, but Hey, if you, if you want to go into it, a really explosive uh, offense and, and be in, in really nice weather, get your NIL deal, but go eight and four and, and just be a, at a pathetic, abysmal piece of shit program, then sure. I mean, that's your, that's your right. You can, you know, go, ch- go chase the money, but we'll chase the championships. So that that's my analysis on it. Yeah. You'd love to have more depth, but I think we're going to be just fine with what we got.
2: You know what team had a ton of running backs and F back slash tight ends and not a lot of wide receivers. Auburn, 2010, Auburn. I pulled up yep. the depth chart. They mm-hmm. had Seven running backs on their roster. Oh,
0: jeez. <laughs> they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
2: nine, ten H-bats. I call them the F-back. That's my system. Fight me. f slash tight ends. They had ten. And then wow. um, the wide receivers, they literally just rolled students out there. Darvin Adams, <laughs> Angelo Benton, Antonio Goodwin, Terrell Zachary. Like, I'm naming <laughs> I could be making up these names for all you know right now. None of these. Right. Quindarius Carr. like (laughs) Cam Newton won a Heisman.
0: Right. With those receivers. The
2: student body of Auburn. Yeah. H-backs and running backs. Yeah. And...
0: Cam Newton won a Heisman with some sweet Southern boys they pulled off the street.
1: Yeah, the the, the coach went down to, like, the the local, like, what's it, intramural flag football. He was like, all right, let let me just pull the fastest guys and throw them on the field with Cam Newton.
0: I'm sure that's disrespectful to some of those guys, but <laughs>
1: um, I, I do
0: want to get uh, moving along a little bit. So the tight end group, we take two. Um, that would be Eli Raridan. Uh, I do believe he is a legacy. Yeah, um, Scott Raridan. He
1: was an offensive tackle.
0: Offensive tackle. And then Holden stays. Uh, the two of them, Eli ranks fifth on the consensus for the tight ends, and Holden ranks nine. So you have two top 10 tight ends in this class. Um, Eli's more of a, I, from what I understand, a traditional set uh, tight end uh, will be kind of like your Michael Mayer. Uh, and then I think uh, Stays is, is, is going to be
1: more like, of a Tommy like, Tremble type.
0: A Tommy Tremble. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I like both of this. I, I, we used to have, there was another tight end in that class, Jack Nickel, who decommitted. Um, I w- we wish him the best. I think he's at Michigan state. Um, but Man, what a what a what a two punch right there! I mean, the, the the tight end depth chart is loaded. It's allowed Notre Dame to only need one in the 23 class, um, and unless you guys have something specific you want to say, I was going to move on to the the offensive line group to to round off this offensive recap here. So, um, Notre Dame takes five. Uh, it's a big class. It looks like it's going to be another big class this year. Um, like you said, Steve, Emil Wagner was the highest-ranked uh, offensive tackle out of Ohio. I know th- the issue there was their concern was if he could carry the weight at the level needed to play tackle at the college level because of his frame. But when Matt Bayless gives me the thumbs up, uh, that means it's good. You know, I don't need to question that anymore because he's the he's the uh, such a great strength uh, and conditioning coach that you kind of you've earned. That right to just listen to him and if he wants them you get them so a big big one there um Ty channel to massachusetts i know that'd be a lot for you too uh he could play tackle probably can play guard as well um and then you move a little more inside you have ashton craig out of indiana um that was uh one of the later pickups i believe for the offensive line group um could play center could play guard big fan of him and then you got the two big boys you got billy Shrouth, and you have joey tonona um, Wisconsin and Indiana, respectively. Uh, I think they both project as guards. Perhaps Tonono could play center. But Billy Shrouth is, I think, the jewel of that group. I think he's just, him and Rocco on the inside is going to be a menace. And I'm really thrilled with this group. I think it's it's not necessarily as top-heavy as the class before it, because you look back and you see Blake Fisher and you see Rocco Spindler. But I think this class is way more deep than than previous classes. I think you got five guys there who could play. So I really like it, but you know, you guys, uh, especially P you love your trenches. So how, how are you feeling about that?
1: Uh, Steve. Um, w- worth noting before I get into the analysis that Joey Tonona, um, did have a pretty, pretty brutal car crash that happened. Uh, so he did have a concussion from that. Um, you know, Harry Highstand is, is obviously going to be working with him. Uh, so, and so is Matt Bayless just to get him back into shape and, uh, obviously, a, a pretty severe concussion is going to potentially put his career in jeopardy. Uh, so we, we absolutely wish for the best health imaginable for Joey. And ultimately, if that means that he never plays another snap of football, that would suck. Uh, we, we would love to see him in a, in, in a Golden Dome. Um, yeah and and we'd love to see him on the field and and w- helping us win a national championship but health is obviously going to be first and foremost so uh best of luck to him on his recovery and and hopefully by by midsummer and you know by summer camp he's going to be perfectly fine and and you know knock on all the wood in, in the world and as we wish for him. Uh as for- He was
0: the first commit by the way in the class, Joey, yeah, so he's he, it, it, you know he's stuck with us, you know, really want to stick with him, so
1: yeah, wish him so- the best. Six foot five, two ninety five, out of Zionsville, Illinois. Uh, I mean, Indiana. Right, uh, my apologies. So he's he's an in-state kid. Yeah, you know, he's 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 damn good. I mean, he's he's going to be a very very good you know offensive lineman in the event that the the health gets there. So we we root for that. Uh, Billy Shrouth, It was between us or Wisconsin. And and any time that you're battling Wisconsin for an offensive lineman, that's a really good like that's a good thing and and especially on the interior you know he's six mm-hmm. five three hundred he can move he can push bodies like like it's fucking incredible that we're putting together uh, the most important thing you asked me at the beginning what are your thoughts it's depth man it's depth because we yep. saw that we had to burn through a lot of offensive linemen last year and uh, there was, you know, we were flip flopping and it seemed like we had a new line every single week trying to protect Cohen and then we couldn't and then we, we would start slow in every single game and then, you know, Buckner had to come be the spark plug and then basically back, you know, the the, uh, the defensive backs off so that way we could bring Cohen back in and it, 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 there was no, it was very, it was all over the place. Getting these type of guys on campus with arguably the best offensive line coach in college football and potentially football in general. I mean, it's the promise is so high because 21 was a great class, 22 is a very, very good and very deep class. 23 is starting to become like pretty, pretty foolish in, in regards to how good we're getting. And it's only getting better. Uh, so that that's my read on the offensive lineman across the board. I mean, again, Emil Wagner's awesome. Ty Chan uh, out of Massachusetts is a, a monster 6'6", 300 pounds. And hey, let's give credit where credit is due. Ashton Craig, he's, he's 6'5", 283. He's a, a, mid, a mid to high three star. Mm-hmm. Um, So is Jarrett Patterson. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Jarrett Patterson moved to center. He found his niche and, and he, he did his thing. And, and a lot of people are seeing the kind of a, a similar career uh, trajectory for, for Ashton Craig. And, and, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll iron sharpens iron. We have a great defensive line. We're going to have a very deep and very good mm-hmm. offensive line. Uh, they're going to be battling each other and all these guys are going to develop. So the, I'll, I'll close out my thoughts and pass along to you guys.
0: Well, before I flip over to the defensive side of the ball, I, I will say that there is talk that Patterson actually might move to guard. Um, apparently, uh, Zeke Carell has had a dominating spring and offseason, and that could be something to monitor. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a great comparison in terms of, you know, being that three-star kid who can end up being an All-American, right? The Notre Dame's made a killing off of that, and I think that has to continue, but you also have to supplement that with, you know, higher-end guys uh, and being willing to fight for for those guys, and I think you're seeing that with the new staff. So on the defensive side of the ball, um, the defensive line itself at the time had three uh, commits. It's now up to four because there's been a position change. Um, so those are in order here of um, highest ranking. Tyson Ford from Missouri. Uh, I, is he a St. Louis guy? Because Notre Dame is starting to really build a pipeline to St. Louis yeah, he's
1: out of St. Louis. John Burroughs. Yeah, here,
0: that's suppose. a big one. St. Louis is really putting out talent, especially in these next couple classes. So you got Tyson Ford. Uh, I think he'll probably be a, a big end. He could play defensive tackle, but I think they're going to keep him there. Uh, maybe he's a Viper. I could see that, because uh, Aiden Gobara is, I think, meant to be a Viper, but he's a big boy, too. He could move inside. Um, he's, of course, from Pennsylvania. or No, sorry, Virginia. Uh, Donovan Heinisch is from Pennsylvania. That's obviously the younger brother of Kurt Hynish. Um, A solid pickup. And then what you have is One of your – in fact, I think it was your second-highest-ranked linebacker, Joshua Burnham, is actually so big, and he's got such pterodactyl arms. I don't know if you've seen this guy. His reach is absurd. Uh, They're moving him to Viper. They really like him already there. So four is kind of what that class ends up being. Uh, P, you're suggesting to me five. Am I missing someone?
2: Chris Smith from Harvard uh, transferred over. 3 stars. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry. I I didn't mean transfers. Um, Well, well – um,
2: yeah,
0: high so, on him. I, I I think that'll be a great pickup too. We could talk transfers in a moment, um, but just from the high school kids coming up, uh, a good a good four man group there. I think Tyson Ford's excellent. I think Gabara's got a lot of skill, like you mentioned earlier, Steve. Um, I really like this group. It's it's not like elite. It's not one of the th- probably three best in the country, but it's it's a damn good one. And I think when you look what's coming behind it. It's an exciting exciting time to be a notre dame fan so uh steve do you have have any comments on this defensive line group or did i kind of just cover all that for you
1: no you you pretty much covered it um i i think people are going to be very surprised at how good aiden gobyra is yep yeah he's he's a um a mid-range four star and i think he's going to play much much better than than what he, he he you know people are rating him as uh josh burnham i you know, I was looking forward to seeing him at six, four, two, twenty five uh, was looking forward to seeing him as a, as like maybe a Mike or will linebacker. Mm-hmm. But if, if he's going to fit that Viper role, he could obviously, he could probably stand up. He could put his finger and you know, his, his hand on the ground and, and rush yeah. the QB seems like a guy that can kind of do it all. Um, so, and obviously, you know, we'll get to the linebackers a little bit more in a second and, and we'll cover that, but it's deep again. It's, it's all about depth. Like where we did not have the greatest class in the world in in regards to you know pure talent that's going to be able to compete position by position with an Alabama or a Georgia of course but for what we are for what we're building for Marcus Freeman's first year on campus to to take we took a massive step from where we were to where we need to be it all starts in the trenches and we are deep because of that
0: I think this was uh, building quality depth and the future classes are going to be building high, high end quality on top of the depth. So uh, great there. Well, let's talk about linebackers. I mean, this I think was if you include Burnham, I think it was the best linebacker class in the country. Um, Ohio State had a really good one, too. But I think Notre Dame's group. Is amazing. You have some severely underrated players there, so I'll, I'll just jump right into it. The crown jewel of the class per the rankings, whatever that means, is Jalen Sneed out of South Carolina. Nobody thought we had a shot with him, and that's a Marcus Freeman special. Um, if Marcus Freeman wasn't the head coach, I think him and half of the class would have decommitted, um, especially him, but he is a freaky, freaky athlete. Yeah. Jalen um, just really
1: quickly, uh Jalen Sneed literally specifically said in, in an interview, if it were not for Marcus Freeman, I would not be in Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, and, and hopefully his time at Notre Dame, you know, he'll come to see why, you know, we're bigger than than just the coach. And <laughs> Uh, I think that's kind of the charm of Notre Dame is you get to you get to kind of fall into that that rabbit hole of of love for the university. Um, so yeah, Jalen Snead, excellent uh, excellent pickup there. That was such a, a, a key one in Marcus Freeman's tenure. Um, then you look at Nuafe junior Halamaka, linebacker, um, committed to USC and within like a five day span of being offered by Notre Dame, decommits. You know, goes on his recruitment for for a couple months, and then and then Marcus Freeman locks him up. And apparently, he's the one guy who kept falling down the rankings for whatever reason, because he was at one point like a top 50 linebacker. But the early returns on him is that he has been very impressive, and you might actually see him play as a freshman. So that's a great pickup. And then last but certainly not least is Nolan Ziegler out of Michigan, grew up a diehard Notre Dame fan. Uh, I could see him being a Rover as as well as Jalen, or I could see him being a Will too. Um, Super athletic kid, um, really nice pick up there too. So you talk about depth, Steve. I think that linebacker class is without question the best group um, of the defensive class. For sure.
1: Yeah, of course, and and uh, P. I'll turn over to you in just a second. Just a quick thought. I mean, obviously, we know Junior uh, and and Snead are going to be the real deal. They're they're both highly talented. Nobody sleep on Nolan Ziegler. Um, you know, again, low four star, all things considered. Uh, you know, high three star or low four star. Six four two tens. He's got a good frame. He could obviously you know, he can. Sp- stay slim and, and just get very fast and ferocious uh or he can bulk up and and really kind of cover the inside but what he reminds me of and it, it is a uh oh my god why my my brain is is not working again per usual who is the uh number 23 he was the guy who like tours acl a billion times you're white no not, not no, drew true tranquil. Drew, tranquil drew tranquil he reminds yeah. me a lot of a drew tranquil uh, where he he's going to have a lot of versatility, but more than anything, because he grew up such a big Notre Dame fan, he has obviously a lot of talent coming behind him. He has two guys at, at the top of the depth chart, you know, with with Junior and and Sneed. Never underestimate a guy who absolutely loves a school that's going to do everything that fight as tooth and nail for a roster spot. You know, like this, th- he's he's going to fight, and and I think he's going to develop very very well. If he's not a starter, he's going to be a great depth guy, just like you know, uh, like uh, uh, like four or five different guys off the top of my head. He just don't sleep on Nolan Zigo is the point that I'm making. But P, I'll I'll turn it over to you. Ah, uh,
2: the junior Tuli Junior from Halamaka. I'm not going to learn how to pronounce that last name, so we need a nickname for him quickly.
0: Junior is what he goes by, so
2: perfect. Uh, that was my hot take on the 22 class of linebackers. Uh they're all dudes.
0: Yeah, he well he grew up with an anti Tao fan too. So Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I I quite like him. Uh, I love this group. I mean, this is such a great class, such great to people in it too. So heading over to the defensive back group. Um I'm just taking a look now. I don't think we signed any pure safeties, but there is some versatility there. So uh the two big corners we signed who are both criminally, I think, oh. under underranked is Jaden Mickey from California and Benjamin Morrison. Um, from Arizona. Uh, that was a Washington-Notre Dame battle, and Jimmy Lake is really good at developing and spotting good corners. So I, I wouldn't count either of those guys off. Apparently, Jaden Mickey's had a wonderful spring. Uh, he's apparently the biggest trash talker on the team already as a true freshman who's been there like three days. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm a big Morrison guy. And then, of course, uh, the third man in that group is Jaden Bellamy, a uh, corner from New Jersey. He's got position flexibility. I could see him playing safety. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice group. Um, I like it a lot. It's not uh, like you said, Steve, it's building depth. I don't know if it's quite the Alabama and Georgia corners that we need. Um, you hope one of those guys can turn into that. And I definitely have faith that they can. But I think the one area of recruiting that needs to pick up is corners, and we'll talk about that with respect to 2023 because that's been a, a, rougher, uh, a rougher go as well. But the 2024 group is looking very promising. So, you know, we, we got a great coach there in Mike Mickens. Uh, I have faith in him, but you got to see him win those big ones. And I think what this class does is it shows that he can recruit quality depth. Um, and guys who could develop into that. So and you got to remember, our best corner in my lifetime, Julian Love, was a three-star kid. So don't count anybody out. But I really like the makeup of of Mickey and Bellamy and and Morrison. I think it's a great group. But yeah, there's 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 more to build on that.
1: You know where Bellamy's from? New Jersey. Bergen Catholic. Same school yeah. as as uh, yeah exactly. Um, and all of them. I, I, everything you said, 100%. Yep, agree it, totally and completely. And and just wanted to point out that just from a size standpoint, they all kind of fit that Notre Dame prototype that they're really trying to find their, their mold with, um, you know, and that prototype being basically guys anywhere from 5'11 to 6'1", 6'2", um, and, and somewhere in like the 185 to 200 pound range. Uh, so they're looking for guys that can jam at the line of scrimmage, but also are just very, very lanky, very long, uh, can disrupt plays. And remember, you know, Marcus Freeman, uh, um, pretty damn good at teaching guys how to play defense, uh, and, and, you know, defensive backs, uh, you know, you think about again, Kobe Bryant and, um, the, the other cat from Cincinnati, like those are Marcus Freeman. Yep. Sauce Gardner. Those, Those guys are, are Marcus Freeman products. So. If the, if those guys are any indicator of what you know Freeman can do in terms of development, obviously he's the head coach, but he's bringing in the, the the coaches with him and the staff with him. Don't sleep on these guys, and and the fact that we got three of them, it's all good news, and you know the future's bright.
0: Yeah, you, you would have liked to maybe add another one or two in there. I know Xavier Nawalka was a big was a big target that we didn't land, um, but you know you're not going to win every battle. Um, but to wrap up the class, uh, and I think it's such a great class. You know, uh, ranked six in the country. I think that's very. Um, apropos, I think maybe some of the rankings for some of the players are off, but you know it's it's a near top five group. It's a really solid one. Uh, but to finish it off is Bryce McPherson, a punter. Uh, Turbo received, he received a six star grade per Salier, which is a kicking specific uh, organization, I suppose.
2: Um, top kicking academy in the country. There and you go. It is no. I don't know the right word. Coincidence that he committed the day that I was at Notre Dame.
0: It's it's in the stars. There you go. There's another family for you to make friends with.
2: Uh, uh, Ryan, now that are... Bryce McPherson. I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox here. He is a dude. But we also have John Sott transfer in. John Sott ran a two-punter system at Harvard. Don't be surprised if you see two punters roll out with Brian Mason's punting.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, I also wanted to talk about transfers as well, since we are talking, you know, rosters in the off season. The biggest one, and I think one of the best transfers of the entire portal was Notre Dame picking up Brandon Joseph from Northwestern. Him too. Uh, you get this Northwestern safety who was, as a freshman, an All-American. Uh, I believe uh, he's been he's been All Big Ten as well. Uh, he's not Carl Hamilton, so relax. But he is going to ease that that transition away from Kyle Hamilton. So before Steve cries at the thought of Kyle no longer on the team, Brandon Joseph is a dude. Remember
1: and it,
0: and as, uh, as these guys have mentioned, Blake Group, uh, kicker from Arkansas State, is now going to be at Notre Dame. John Sott, the punter from Harvard, as well as Chris Smith, a defensive tackle for Harvard. So those are the additions to this class and to the transfer group. So uh, very solid all around. And as far as people we've lost, I'll just run through some names real quick. Lawrence Keys, Brandon Clark, Litchfield Ajavon, Shane Simon, Caleb Offord, Jay Bramblett, rest in peace, P-Wagon, <laughs> Carrie G, Paul Moala, Quinn Carroll, K.J. Wallace, Jojo Johnson, George Takis, and Sebo Flemster. And also and, John Dirksen, retired. So
2: and Harrison that... Leonard. Harrison Leonard just transferred as well.
0: So uh, my list is mildly outdated, but there we go. So that's the roster moves for this summer. I'm excited. I think we're going to have a great 2022 season. I am curious because we do this every year. Who are our pet cats out of this recruiting Mm -hmm. class? Uh, Steve has a really good history of picking them. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, of course, was his boy from from the beginning. Um, Addy was was up there as well. So it's uh, I'm curious. So who do you guys who's your guys in this class?
2: Well, you know, mine it's McPherson is Angeli. Uh, everyone's going to say Jadarian Price, but McPherson and Jelly; those are my two two guys. If I had to pick uh, out of the class, and then really for a transfer, it's group. Group is going to be that dude. He's also my height, which is kind of concerning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: If, uh, if I'm going one on offense, one on defense, it's going to be back to back Aiden Gubira and and Jadarian price. Um, again, I, I don't think people are quite going to comprehend just how talented these guys are. And yeah, they, uh, people are just going to think, Oh, a middling four-star that signed with Notre Dame, they'll probably get on the field for their red shirt sophomore, or maybe their junior or whatever the hell season and maybe they'll have a, you know, a couple of good plays here and there. And maybe, maybe if they're lucky, they're going to be seventh round picks. I, remember the names, Aiden Gobira, Jadarian Price. Yeah, They are both going to be incredible. There's so many to pick from. I, I love the corners as well. But
0: just based on what I've seen and like just kinda what I like as a as a fan, I'm gonna go offense with Tobias Merriweather. I just I think that guy is just nasty. He's I can't nice. wait to watch him play. He is going to I think have a great career at Notre Dame. Um I'm very excited for that one. And on the defensive side of the ball, I know it's it's cheap to take you know your your five-star guys your highest rated guys but i i gotta say Jalen sneed just the way that guy twitches is just unbelievable and i'm all for athleticism uh you know he's gonna probably play rover but he could play will as well gonna be fantastic um so that wraps up the 2022 recruiting uh you know that's a, a big chunk you know respect to p-wagon for sitting through it and uh, opining when he can <laughs> um what do we move into now? What's uh, is it? The draft was that what was that what we missed next? Yeah, draft,
2: draft. Yeah, we got uh, we got, got the draft. Uh, uneventful overall. Two Notre Dame players picked up. Kyle Hamilton, 14th overall, uh, to the Ravens. Which Whoa. have fun having your new Ed Reed. Uh, he slipped a little bit. Uh, highest Notre Dame defensive back drafted since '91. Uh, Kyron Williams, who actually recently broke his foot, uh, will be ready for fall camp. Uh, fifth round to the Rams. Uh, He was the first Irish running back taken in the draft since Dexter Williams in 2019. Uh, I'm excited to see him on the Rams, uh, maybe even more so than Kyle on the Ravens, just because Kyron has always been that underrated type of player. And I want to see what he does there. So I'm very excited to see. Well,
0: and his, his pass catching ability and his pro pass protection is going to be huge for the Rams and McVay's going to love his versatility there. Uh, I think, look, Kyle Hamilton fell just because people didn't know where to put him. This league is stupid. Okay. It's a stupid league. I think that's a fit made from heaven. Like the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry, Steve, the Steelers fan here. Is such a nasty defense, and you're going to add the best defensive back I've seen in a, my life. They lifetime. got a
1: Hall of Fame pick at number fourteen.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, a little disappointing overall for Notre Dame to only have two go. Um, I know there were some others that were contending potentially for spots. The big one, of course, being Kevin Austin, who de- he left early. Um, he didn't have to. Uh, rumors that he was given a uh, a round projection that was draftable for sure. And obviously that's heartbreaking. So, you know, that, our thoughts go to him. Um, he's, he was a great player. I think I think he could have done more at Notre Dame, but, you know, wish him the best. I'm sure he he's gonna signed meet, someone.
2: He's going to make the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, and he's going to be their number one guy. They don't have wide receivers down there. Yeah. So.
0: Well, we get Cam Newton's friends, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's the local to the why. And then, you know, MTA signed with the Raiders, which I was pumped for. Uh, Myron's dad was a Raiders fan growing up as well. And as we know, his dad passed away before the season started. Uh, so they did trade away Khalil Mack in the offseason. Uh, MTA won't start right away, but he definitely will get on the field at some point. Uh, Jack Cohn to the Colts, proud of Sayville, New York. Uh, I really like him there as well. Isaiah Pryor to the Saints. Reunited with Ian Book, uh, Drew White with the Commanders, Kurt Heinisch with the Texans. Uh, Heinisch won't see the field this year, but he's going to be an All Pro. That's my bold take on the NFL Draft.
1: Very bold. Um, yeah, and no, I, I, unbelievable that draft cone, uh, draft cone that Jack Cone was not drafted. Uh, but I mean, he he actually does fall into a damn good you know uh, situation with with the Indianapolis Colts, right? Um, you know, they they've had a lot of QB turnover, uh, uh, since Andrew Luck retired, I still am not sold on, on the QB room so far with Indy. And I think that you know, he's going to have an entire summer and then eventually a fall camp where he can really just show like, Hey, I, I mean, Jack Cohn still, he threw for like 30 something, hundred yards. He, he had all what, 25 touchdowns to just a handful of interceptions, he he led a very successful offense, all things considered, and with a pretty damn successful season, eleven and one in the regular season. And then you know uh, we skipped our bowl game, which was tragic. I, I I don't know why they just wouldn't let us have a bowl game, but you know it is what it is. Uh, I wish that you know it it happens um but yeah i mean all he had a swiss cheese offensive line and he had and he very graciously split time with a ver, with a true freshman uh just to you know open up the run game and kind of open up that team a little bit but jack Cohen, i think is the sneaky best uh free agency signing or undrafted free uh, undrafted free agent signing uh, of everything but yeah i mean kyren he's going to be awesome um you know pass protects he's impossible to tackle i, I just Crazy that he dropped to the fifth round. I, you know, people were unimpressed with his combine, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Kyle, greatest safety in in football history, and he's never taken a snap in the NFL yet. But he's he's just, I love him with all my heart.
0: I, I will say, I, I feel like Jack Cohn projects better at the NFL level than Ian Book did. So I am a little surprised he wasn't drafted. Um I, I'm, You know, I like Cohn. I thought he was great when he had time to throw the ball. It's just his issue is he didn't always have time, and he wasn't the most mobile. But love Jack Cohn. I'm very excited for him, too. Um, you know, off-season's a of time to mainly talk about the schedule, which we'll get into probably more in August. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, or to talk about, you know, roster development, and that often comes in the form of recruitment. I'm sorry, P, you're looking at me funny. What's going on? Did I skip something?
2: Ah uh, no, Notre Dame's up eight one. I was looking at the uh, score on my other screen here.
0: They're beating. Sorry, 10-1. yes, Notre Dame's in the super regional baseball thing Football. with Tennessee. Yeah, good for the Irish. Let's go. Um, recruiting is big, and I know we just finished talking about twenty twenty two, but uh, something big happened yesterday in Notre Dame, uh, and it's led to a catastrophe for a certain fan base in Ann Arbor. Um, C.J. Carr, the grandson of the legendary Michigan head coach Lloyd Carr, who won a national championship or half a national championship mm. at Michigan. Mm. He,
1: let's let's you, not give them too much credit. Nebraska would have blew the fucking doors off them.
0: Well, all that being said, Lloyd Carr, a, a tenured coach at Michigan, his son uh, and C.J.'s father, I believe, played at Michigan. I think his mother played sports at Michigan as well. Very much a Michigan family. He goes to Celine. Uh, high school, which was in a suburb of Ann Arbor. Nobody thought Notre Dame had a shot here. And what do you know? Tommy Rees pulls this one out and CJ commits to the Irish. Michigan is in shambles, although they have been. Anyone who's followed recruiting, Notre Dame has absolutely curb stomped Michigan uh, all offseason. And uh, this is just it. It's sweet. And CJ Carr, if you have not seen him, is a smooth athlete. You watch him throw the ball. Very nice. Very accurate. Um, tall, he's about six two and a half, six three. He's got plenty of room to grow. He's
1: a twenty twenty four kid. He's a sophomore heading into his junior year of high school. He can't he's even drive, drive yet, and he's a Notre Dame commit. Yeah, no,
0: that's it's something. So that's something I want to talk about with you guys because I think we're gonna have a show focused on recruiting, maybe with a special guest uh, upcoming. Uh, so we don't want to get too much into twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. But I did want to kind of you know touch on what's been going on heat check you know you got you got a five star quarterback out of michigan who has michigan ties what what is happening steve what's going on
1: reckoning reckoning for being a dog shit bigoted piece of fucking shit terrible no good dirty motherfucking school up north you absolute scumbag pieces of shit. Who was that psychopath on Twitter that posted that video? I, I quote tweeted him with the pod account, and I just wanted to drink his tears. I want to dr- he He's from Dallas, Texas, and I just want to drive to Dallas from Boston, Massachusetts, and I want to lick the tears off of his face. What's his name? I need to name him. His name needs to get out of there. His name is his name what? Is James, Here we go. James Yoder. What? James Yoder. James Yoder. I want to bathe in your tears, Michigan fans. I want to bathe in your tears. I want to make it be known Michigan fans. You absolute scumbag fucks. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. You Fucking losers. We are dominating you. You are nothing. You are pieces of shit. You thought you were cool because you beat Ohio State for the first time in two decades. You made the playoffs. You got the doors blown off to you. Hey, welcome to the fucking show, pal, because that's how it works. And now off the field, we're going to dominate you. We're going to kill you. You took our scraps of a defensive coordinator. That's our scraps. I'll shit out Steve Elson or Mike Elson, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. We have Marcus Freeman. We have an unbelievable staff. We are out recruiting you off the field. uh, God forbid you play us on the field in the next three, four years. We will shit down your throat. You are a terrible, terrible program with terrible people, terrible players, terrible coaches, a terrible administration. You suck. You absolutely suck. CJ Carr is ours. Suck on my balls. That's what I had to say. So we're gonna definitely have an explicit marker on this podcast, huh?
0: I think so. And uh, you know, there's still like two years before carr signs, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have taken that much of a of a victory.
1: No, no, so, uh, so, trade, so CJ but... Carr, to his credit, he did say, yep, obviously he's a he's a Michigan legacy. Um, he specifically said in an in interview, you know what? I I did not want to be in Michigan at all whatsoever. I wanted to spread my wings. I wanted to make my own way in the world. So good for you, young man, CJ. I love you. He wants he wanted to commit as quickly as possible because he wants to start recruiting not just for 24 but also for 23 and basically let the the guys in 23 know, especially wide receivers or even even defensive backs. Right? If I'm a defensive back and I know I have a five star uh, QB that I'm gonna have on my team one from just a success standpoint i know that we're obviously going to be competing for titles but two i want when i'm practicing and when i'm in camp and all that shit, i want to make sure i'm getting the most elite throws against me as a defensive back i want to make sure that that qb is going to be committing and recruiting the best wide receivers in the country to come to notre dame or some of the best so so that way i'm going to have some of the best route runners with the best hands the you know big bodies like tobias merriweather i want talent So from a defensive back standpoint, I feel like this is beneficial. And especially if CJ is going to go hard with recruiting, like basically everybody outside of on the on the boundaries, wide receivers, uh, you know, tight ends, running backs, defensive backs, get them all on campus. CJ, you can do this, pal. We love you. We support you. You're the man. Fuck Michigan.
2: I'm sure I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Jason, Jason Carr, CJ's father, played quarterback at Michigan. Yeah. He went twelve for twenty four, for one hundred and twenty six yards, uh, two interceptions, in his career. Uh, another thing that will really ingratiate the cars to Notre Dame. Uh, he had three brothers. Uh, one, unfortunately, Chad, uh, passed away at the age of five from dipg, DIPG, which was diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, which is a form of brain cancer. Uh, so they do a lot of research and a lot of uh, stuff for that type of foundation uh so it's a really sad story uh that happens with the car family but looking at everything here uh the cars are going to be very easy for notre dame to rally behind uh so that's something just going a complete 180 from what steve was saying uh it's definitely is something that is going to be a good part good uh good pickup for the irish
0: Well, seeing Lloyd Carr in a Notre Dame hat probably made my year. Um, That was a lot of fun. The Uh, the one
2: that I photoshopped or the actual one? Because both were fantastic.
0: Both were fantastic. The one you photoshopped was amazing. I did refer to the the real one, but, I mean, well, the tweet blew up for good reason. Um, I will say uh, there is talk CJ might reclassify to 2023, which would make him part of the upcoming class. I don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously, Notre Dame's was leading and may still be it's very unclear for dante moore in the 2023 class we'll get more into that i think in in a future podcast but i did want to say um something that makes me laugh a lot speaking of michigan is obviously notre dame uh recruiting well they had their irish invasion camp uh which is you know they invite a lot of recruits some highly rated some like under the under the. You know, they, they're not as famous, you know, things like that. And they 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 had them camp out and, you know, some offers go out and stuff. And CJ Carr was there. Uh, certain big boys were there. Jack Larson is a 2024 tight end that I think Notre Dame will land. Um, and then on top of that, and this is what makes me so happy, there is a very, very good receiver, top 150 ranked guy. You could easily see him being a five-star one day. Cam Williams from Illinois. Here's the best thing. He grew up a Michigan fan, apparently, and he has been leaning, like, there are picks for him to go to Michigan, and immediately after that camp, it seems like he is Notre Dame's to lose. It seems like Carr, him and Carr have a good relationship, he absolutely loves Notre Dame, and it's just yet another kick to the teeth of Michigan, uh, that they can't, not only can they not keep people who are fans of their program, they can't even get kids who are legacies of their legendary coach to go to their program. Michigan sucks. I'm so done with them, I don't care about them anymore, right?
1: This, real quick, this is this is what these fucking idiots get for coming into our mentions and telling us to join a conference unironically.
0: <laughs> the only one who needs to join a conference is Michigan. Sorry, I don't value the Big Ten, even though it is probably the second best conference. I think conferences mostly suck, but... Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I know there was a lot of recapping. We, we had to get our, all of our thoughts on things. Um, you know, P, I know you probably have a million thoughts. Half of them are probably not appropriate for any sort of medium. I
2: I will be holding my thoughts in until closer to the season. All I will
1: say is that the NIL has ruined college football for the worst. I think it does need to be regulated. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with guys getting paid, you know, make your money and all that sort of stuff. I, I'm a guy that's... Uh, you know, very slow or or kind of want want to be very calculated when it comes to any sort of regulation. Um, but it, it's it's starting to it it's getting out of control. Um, yeah,
0: but Notre Dame's doing fine regardless, right? Like yeah. the no, it, it's not
2: wild. it's not about the Notre Dame thing. it's yeah, about it... Quinn Ewers being 18 years old and driving a Lambo, and he hasn't taken a snap for Texas yet. Mm-hmm. It, it's about Bajon yeah, Robinson. I, I don't mind Texas these guys getting paid. No, they, they can get paid, but
0: it's the incentive. That's the problem, right? It's the, you, you have to come something. to this school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I think there's going to be a cap. I think you got to, you know, if, if you're going to get certain sort of benefits, then maybe yeah. you got to lock in for a certain amount of years, because if I'm a five-star and you know, if it's all about money for me uh, as an incoming freshman, I'm going to, I'm going to pick whoever gives me the biggest deal. Uh, and then guess what? Oh, I just completed my freshman season and I'm a five-star and everybody wants me. Just going to go to another school and I'm just yeah. going to you know, hold another school hostage for another big bag. And then they're going to pay me. And then, oh, I just completed my sophomore season. We're on to my junior season. Let's get another big bag. It's just yeah. like it, – it, it's what mercenary. Was, it,
2: yeah. What USC did to the pit wide receiver.
1: he They they
2: chased a bag there. He went over to – I'm not even going to honor them with the names because mm-hmm. I don't know them. But USC offered a bag. He took the bag. They have a high-powered offense no offensive line, that's me whispering, and no defense. But don't worry, they have a running back, they have a wide receiver, and they have a quarterback and a douchebag coach. So <laughs> wh- where does that end? Texas A&M is paying for their classes. Shout out Nick Saban there, only time I'll ever do that. They're paying for their classes to go 8-4 in the SEC?
0: Well, to be fair, Texas A&M is... Up front paying for their classes Nick Saban's teams have been under yeah, he- the table paying for their classes. Well, so man, let like, you know, it,
2: let's, there's no, but nothing's equitable and college football has had the most priority since, you know, college football started, but now there, it's just not, it's not equitable. We can have a whole, a whole podcast on yep. our thoughts on the NIL, but there, there has to be some type of regulation and take a snap in college before you uh, you get a Lambo. That's my summary.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, good. Mean, that's I'm, good. I'm getting absolutely fucking crushed this year uh, with with obviously a lot of the factors that a lot of people are tr- probably feeling. So for for hardworking people like myself and like uh, my my podcast hosts that are busting our asses to try to make it in life and, and we're struggling. And for these fucking kids that are 18 to just like be driving around with a Lamborghini without a care in the world. You know, I, I I don't, I don't try to be jealous at all. I try to celebrate success. I want people to make money. I want people to be successful, especially again, there is the element that a lot of these kids, um, unfortunately are, are coming from not great either familial or financial circumstances. Um, right. So this is for a lot of these kids, it's, it's life-changing money. And so I Mm -hmm. want them to be successful whether or not they're at notre dame um unless they go to michigan uh but all things considered yeah there's it's it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous and and, and it's putting them out of touch with your average american
0: well yeah, to hell with that. I mean, get your Lamborghini kid. My only issue is they they do have to regulate it, right? They there has to be rules in place through there has to be to make like like you said, you can't be holding schools hostage, but also there needs to be transparency with it. There needs to be caps. There needs to be something. Uh it just seems like there's a lack of all of it and that's leading to the wild wild west.
2: We should pay them um, all in Canadian dollars.
0: Well, then they'd all be poor. So <laughs> <laughs> and oh, the eighty dollars doing all right right now. It's not too bad. I think it's really about eighty. Quickly,
1: I don't believe I, you. I just realized that we had some listener questions that we should probably wrap it. Right. Through, I totally huh? forgot oh, okay. about that. Okay. I
2: uh, I'll hit that up right now.
1: First, First one. Hey, we
2: could do a little longer
1: of a podcast. There's no Yeah, yeah I mean, it's that. the it's off season. Months. It's the summer. People have nothing to do. You guys are coming along for the ride because frankly, you're not getting another episode from us for at least another 6 weeks. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I
0: I, I, I I I'm planning something. Relax. I'm planning.
1: What? Well, I mean, I'm going to be on my honeymoon from fucking June 30th to July 15th, so we'll plan it. We'll plan it. Yeah. Steve won't be podcasting.
2: Anyway, uh Rudy is 42 long time listener. Uh, The goat awesome guy on Twitter. Uh, He has a couple questions. We're going to rapid fire them. Yes. No answers. Whatever we want to do. I don't know. I haven't read them yet.
0: Always Uh, have time for him. By the way, if you're listening, buddy, always have time for you.
2: Always. Uh, I know this will probably be addressed much later down the road, but Ohio state, do the Irish stand a chance? Dylan.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
2: Now that CJ is committed, we just talked about this. Does this affect Dante's decision to come here?
0: I hope not. I don't know. I'm not an insider. Um, some people think so. I'm I look, you're gonna have great quarterbacks ahead of you and behind you if you're going to a top program. Like even if Dante were to go to Michigan, they might get that Jaden Davis kid in 2024. So I don't I don't buy that. There might be something more to this that we're unaware of. Uh, potentially potentially other stuff uh, I, that I'm not aware of. So we'll put a, a question mark on that. I hope not, but we don't know. It's just too early because nobody seems to have an idea of how this is going to affect Dante. Yeah,
2: yeah I, w- I would agree. I, I think that he might be influenced by some other recruits. Uh, but again, we're not insiders. We, we try our best to be
1: insiders, uh, but we're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my only uh, thoughts on the matter are, if you think you're the man, you're not afraid of who commits after you. Yep.
2: Yeah. Three. Clemson. Kind of the same question as the Ohio State one. Do we have a shot?
0: Also, I, I will. I just want to also say. This would affect CJ Carr more than Dante Moore, because you'd oh, be yeah. behind him. So yeah. if anything, like the fact that CJ, knowing Notre Dame's recruiting Dante, is like, yeah, I don't care. I'm yeah. the dude. I'm going to come yeah. in in 24. That's that, why like, I love this It kid. should affect him more, not Dante. That's why I don't understand this line of thinking. I think there's more to this. Something is clearly happening. But I think it says a lot about, about CJ, and that, that's a lot of great stuff about him. sorry to I, – I just – got to get that off my chest. It just doesn't make Definitely. sense. You're Definitely exactly correct. But, uh, okay, yeah. so sorry. Uh, do we have a shot with Clemson? Yeah, I mean, we have I, more I, than me, a shot. Let me rephrase that. Does Clemson have a shot against us?
2: Yeah. Like, who, who did that? DJ Ugliley, who threw for four hundred something yards as a freshman. Well, at least you're has,
0: pronouncing his name now.
2: He's regressed since then.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, a, I don't I, know what to expect.
2: He, <laughs>
0: It's at Notre Dame. We don't lose at home unless you're Cincinnati, and that's only because Cincinnati was the best team ever fielded in the history of college football. It's
2: a night game at Notre Dame in November? Yeah. Have fun with that, DJ.
0: Yeah, I, I, we absolutely have a shot there. I, 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 the, we'll be underdogs in Ohio State, but I think we should be favorites against Clemson.
2: Uh, number four, some people have been saying that ND and the ACC are in serious talks of getting the Irish in-conference – What is the likelihood of Notre Dame joining? I personally wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it either. It would make sense because of all the other alignments. I think everything but hockey is ACC, but you don't need a conference. Uh, Someone yelled about that a couple things up, so I'm not going to address that. But uh, no, Uh, no idea if it's likely or not, but we'll see.
0: I, I will say that I don't see the point in doing this before the playoff expansion because the playoff expansion as it is designed would guarantee Notre Dame almost always a spot. You know, you wouldn't get the buy, which sucks, but the trade-off is if you go to 12, which is what Jack Schwarbick's fighting for, uh, Notre Dame's going to be in that, right? Like, almost always. The way we're recruiting, the way we've been playing. Um, so I don't see... There's no need to go to any conference, in my opinion, no matter what the price is. And I think Notre Dame starting up this Fighting Irish TV thing is another source of revenue. Uh, I, I'm not worried about it. Uh, maybe it happens, but... I don't want to see it. And I just knowing Notre Dame's history and, and, and Jack and stuff. I just, I can't see this one happening
2: the, Oh, Steve, go. You haven't talked in a little bit.
1: Oh, well, thank you for noticing. Uh, no, I mean, they, they shouldn't, um, Dylan, you're exactly correct. I mean, 12 team playoff. If Notre Dame's 10 and two, there's, uh, it, you still have an, in, like an 80% chance or higher that of making the playoff. Uh, and do you think Marcus Freeman with these recruiting classes are going to go 10 and two or better? Like it's basically it's playoffs every year. So, um, and in in terms of a buy, I don't give a fuck. Play more games. Fans love it. Players love it. And yeah, of course you risk injury, but it's like if we're fielding a team and we think that we're national title contenders, what do we care that we have to play another g- game against? I don't know Utah.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good point.
1: I don't fucking care. Play play more games.
2: The only way that they go. Is if the SEC creates their own playoff, like they were talking about this year in the meetings. That's the only way Notre Dame goes to a conference.
0: Yeah, they have to be, to me, they have to be forced out of yeah, the conference. Yeah,
1: exactly, correct.
2: Yeah.
0: Although I, I think the NCAA will be dead before we see that, to be honest with you. I think we're much closer to everybody saying to hell with this and like, let's start a different organization. Is there going to be like
1: a live golf of the NCAA? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Specifically backed by us. Uh, now, going from there, Benny, longtime listener. Not afraid to share his opinions at all. Love
0: Benny. Love He's Benny.
2: Huge yeah. troll of Michigan people, which is the best. Of because course. I think he, he also lives in Michigan, which is even better.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Benny, <laughs> I
2: love Benny. <laughs> Benny has one question with three bullet points. Regarding OSU, which I would take to mean Ohio State, do you think we win? Yes. Yeah, yes. I
1: think so. Do you think it's close? No. Yeah. Yes. I think it's no. close. No, come, come on. on. Yeah. Nope. Notre Dame by 17. All right.
2: Do you think it causes us all a lot, a lot of stress? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Notre Dame, baby.
2: We're four years in. Like, of course. Uh, James Fitzsimmons. James F. I'm not going to dots you on here, but James Fitzsimmons with a, a four leaf clover. Who do you think is next player to commit due to CJ's commitment? Due to? I.
0: I I don't want to say due to, because I feel like these kids, they come to their own decisions yeah. anyway. Well, the next one in line was Elijah, uh, was Elijah Page, who just committed at 3 p.m. Uh, today, which is Friday. Um, The next, next one, I think it could yeah, be Cam it, Williams Cam in Williams. the 24 class. I could see, that. I could see that. Uh, in the 23 class, oh man, there's so many that are ready to pop, because it, I don't know we spoke about like this
1: Jeremiah cat.
0: Jeremiah loves a group. I don't know how close he is, but he's one that we're really in on. Charles Jagasaw is one we've been waiting for 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 a little bit now. I think he's got a visit set up. I will say, sidebar, this weekend is the biggest weekend in recruiting for Notre Dame of the year. There is like a million recruits taking their official visits, and it's with the current class and it's with their top targets. So we're going to see some fireworks literally this weekend um I, my guess would be 2024 kid maybe uh in the 2023 group there's just too many uh, steve you I, I know you follow it pretty closely do you do you have a name in mind
1: for for which uh year Th- 23 or 24
0: 23 like who do you think the, the next 23 guy might be
1: sorry if you guys hear my my fucking little rat dog in the background barking um, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if, if we can start to make some way on that, on Jeremiah love, he's an athlete again, out of St. Louis. Uh, he's incredibly talented. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, there's still so many moving par- parts and it feels like a lot of these guys are usually going to play out, uh, at, at least, you know, late summer. Uh, I, I feel like end of July, early August is when you, you tend to see guys really start to lock in. The fact that Notre Dame has so many commit commits at this point, this early, is, is baffling to me, and and that's mm-hmm. why I'm I'm so high on 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 head coach Marcus Freeman and and so high on this staff. I'm just like, damn, like we are putting in work. Uh, it it's pretty rare for us to be this set up this early, but I don't know, man. I, it's I, I'm not I can't really pick anybody in particular. I just know that the future is so bright.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's hard. But we're not insiders, so we don't have – like. it's not like we know. (laughs) We're just taking guesses. (laughs) For
1: what it's worth, if we ever get any recruits or if we ever get any Notre Dame players that do listen to this and and they engage with us every once in a while on Twitter – If you guys want to give us inside information, DMs are fucking open, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. All right, like if you have a
2: full call center staff waiting to take. I could
1: be at dinner with my wife. If you DM me, I will run away from that dinner table and I will talk to you immediately. My wife can wait. I do not fucking care. Captain Captain Notre
0: Dame Drake Bowen has liked a few of our tweets, so you know if if he's out there.
2: Remember, we were expecting to break the Marcus Freeman news, so. <laughs> we're, we're we are a reputable source. Uh, James also had a question about Michigan seeming more confident to get more now, but we've talked way too much about Michigan in this podcast. So James, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm not going to answer that one.
0: Anybody uh, who thinks they know anything about the more commitment is just crazy at this point. So there's yeah. And
2: finally, my favorite Twitter follower, uh, Irish Eyes Twenty Four, completely hilarious woman. I yeah, she's a woman. Uh, I would assume so. I, so. Yes, yes, I apologize Celtics if i I apologize if I misgendered you. Uh, do they teach any American history in Canada?
0: Uh yeah, I was thinking about that because I did see the question. Um Yeah. Uh I, I know this follower as well. Uh she is a Celtics fan like myself, so go Celts tonight. You know, let's you. let's uh, let's win this I one. See um it you learn so much about american history and culture just through consuming american media right so like i used to watch tv shows that would you know often reference american history so you kind of learn it informally like uh, american culture is so dominant that like our tv shows your tv shows you know what i mean like we watch the same stuff and when that's in the social media it's just it's so prevalent so you just kind of know American history um do they teach it in particular I, not really I don't remember nothing too in particular you know you talk about the cold war and stuff um but there's there's no like specific class or anything I took a, a course in university on American history which was a lot of fun but I, I would say Canadians know American history because of that like it's you know July 4th like we know we know this stuff right it's things that just are are across cultural boundaries um but uh, not like particularly this is american history and you know Link- like lincoln freed the slaves and and it's like not really like you learn that through watching tv shows right like it's not, there's not a specific i mean you barely learn canadian history so you know
1: mm, same with us <laughs> hey, yeah if there's anything that we know about the school system is that's fantastic mm-hmm.
2: and uh those were our questions uh for the evening uh we all have over three thousand. Uh, followers and not a lot of questions so uh, let's work on that guys that's your uh that's your coaching point for this next podcast
0: mm. yeah and well uh, it was a friday afternoon when we put it out it's not like we had uh you know, the, we didn't get peak hours for people
1: to respond. I, to I want more is there to, anything to
2: talk about? I want them to be ready at all times.
1: Yeah. And, uh, just to expound upon that. And I think we could probably close out here soon. And, and if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, and if you're listening at all, thank you. Um, and y- you did mention that we're up to what, 3,200 followers and we were just at like it feels like 2,000 followers just recently, and and we're you know we're skyrocketing, and we're projecting to be above 4,000 uh, followers by. We're a Twitter account first, a podcast second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just three idiots tweeting into the void, hoping you guys will actually click the link and listen. But but seriously, uh, you know, for our returning listeners, thank you guys so much. We we appreciate the ongoing support. We appreciate the engagement. Uh, for new listeners, engage with us as as often and as much as you'd like. You never. Ever going to annoy us? We we love it all. Um, you know, you're you'll tweet at one of us uh, or you'll tweet at the pod account. You could get three different responses from three different idiots. But um, you know, if, if you are new or if you're a recurring listener, whatever. Um, you know, if if you guys could just give us a rating, uh, preferably five stars. We try to bring the heat as much as we possibly can, as as you heard during my Michigan rant. Uh, but we do a ton of research. We're you know we're talking day in, day out, 24 hours a day, literally 365 days um, a year. The three of us are talking about Notre Dame football. It consumes our lives and, and we do a, a ton of research. We have spreadsheets. We have like Google documents at this point, uh, all just dedicated to us trying to be as knowledgeable as possible. So that way we can pass it along to you. And if, uh, if you could share the podcast, if you know someone, uh, in your life, that is a Notre Dame fan, I'm sure you do because we tend to we travel in packs for safety, <laughs> um, uh, you know, just, just send, send this, uh, send the podcast over to them and be like, Hey, listen to these, uh, these, these funny fellows, just give a quick update and a quick state of the union of, uh, of Notre Dame fighting Irish football. So uh thank you so much to everybody rate subscribe review um and, and yeah we're, we're everything also
0: is... support you can contribute to our podcast now you can uh, on twitter and on the anchor you can you can make a contribution and we'd really appreciate that steve Absolutely. i'll let you go back into it
1: yeah no because this is a 365 job um yeah any if, if you guys can find it in your hearts to throw us a couple bucks uh it just just helps um you yeah. know, just helps t- turn the gears behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, and
2: I, I totally am not just turning it back on right now.
1: <laughs>
2: you <laughs> Did you have it off? <laughs> I, I, had, I had to for tax purposes, so I'm, t- t- I'm turning it back on now.
1: Oh, you jackass. Hey, um, taxes, finance. Uh, the, the, and the, the purpose of Don't it. Do I have to edit this out? Like... <laughs> No, no. We're, good. we're good.
0: Did you the, admit to a crime right now? No,
2: <laughs> I, I just didn't want someone to donate to me, and then I would have to put it on a, like a 1099 form. And yeah. American okay. tax Code is very complicated, Dylan. Yeah.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, you weren't hiding anything. You were just avoiding getting I extra was, money. I was
2: avoiding more work.
0: Yeah. All right. You're good. You're good. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, but <laughs> well, it'll be the back up now that you guys are able to give us it. it honestly, it's, it literally is just going to like um, recently this past year, we re up, you know, we updated our, our logo. So that costs a little bit of money and uh, it goes to like equipment, like our microphones. It goes to, uh, you know, targeted ads on both Instagram and Twitter just to try to grow. Um, so it, it's all reinvestment. It's not like we're making a ton of money or anything like that. So if you can, that that'd be cool. But more than anything, just you know, like, share, comment, subscribe, DM us, tweet at us, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, again, I, I got to be better at posting more content on that. But uh, again, from the bottom of of uh, our hearts, I, I can I can say you know thank you everybody for for listening, tuning in, and and being uh, fans.
2: Four years in, we started. We didn't know what we were doing. We kind of know what we're doing now. Uh, you listen to us. People put us on highlight tapes and shit. Like we're gonna go into Tommy Reese's office, which is awesome. Uh, Keep doing that. Let's keep doing what we're doing. We do this for fun. Uh, If you have it in your heart, our old sponsor, Dwindle, uh, head over to their website, dwindle.com. Look for a job. Help my friend out there. They're not
0: even paying us anymore. Free ads, baby. (laughs) It's a free
2: ad. It's the only free ad. Clearly, we're
0: a shrewd business operation here. Yeah.
2: But no, uh, really, thank you all for listening. Four years in, we wouldn't do it if people didn't listen.
0: Uh, I agree, guys. It's great to see you guys again uh, on the digital screens. Um, You know, it's, uh, you know, life's crazy. And uh, we're just glad that we get to do this and we have a platform. And to all the listeners, you know, like like Stephen P said, we love you. Appreciate a lot. And, you know, I think that's it for this episode. You know, we're going to have hopefully something a, a little more frequently. But, you know, you know how it is with us. The offseason is slow, and then we get really into it in the season. And our Twitter account, at HorsemanPod, is where a lot of the action is. So make sure to follow us. And like Steve said, rate, five stars, share, all that fun stuff.
1: And, yeah, that's it. Anything else, guys? Uh,
2: go Irish,
1: beat Ohio State. Um, I think that we had probably the best Fiesta Bowl recap in uh, in football history or podcast history. But other than that, Absolutely. thank you, everyone. Go Irish.
0: Michigan sucks. Go Irish.